Welcome to Zichur Daf Siman Rabbi Avram Goldhar, and today we're Sechus Beya Daf Hey, the first parak Beis Shanol to Biyantav. So the three topics we're going to focus on number one on Daf Dalatam and Beis Rab ruled that an egg laid on the first day of Yantav is mutter on the second day of Yantav, since the two days are not considered kedusha achas one long period of holiness. Regarding the two days of Rosh Hashanah, Rav and Shmuel ruled Nol Bezeh Asur Bezeh, an egg laid on the first day of Yantav is prohibited on the second day of Yantav. Rashi explains that these two days were certainly established as one long Yantav, as the second day of Yantav was not originally observed on account of doubt. A mission Rosh Hashanah relates that originally Eidus Chodesh testimony for the new moon was accepted the entire day. Once the witnesses were delayed in coming, and assuming that no witnesses would come that day, the Levim erred in the daily shear. Because of this, the sages enacted the base would only accept witnesses until the afternoon Talmud was offered, and if witnesses came afterward, Nogin Oso Yom Kodesh Lomachar Kodesh, they would keep that day and the following day Kodesh. We see that a continuous two-day Rosh Hashanah was decreed when witnesses arrived after the afternoon Talmud. Rabbi said that after the base of Mikdash was destroyed, when Rabbi Yochum and Zakeh enacted the base and would accept witnesses for Eidus Chodesh the entire day, an egg laid on the first day of Rosh Hashanah became permitted on the second day. Rashi explains that since the second day was only now kept out of doubt, the two days of Rosh Hashanah were treated like other Yom Tovim, and the egg was permitted because one of its days was actually Chol. Point number two, Rav Yosef disputed Rav's ruling and said that even from the time Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai's Takana and onward, when they accepted witnesses the entire day of Rosh Hashanah, an egg laid on the first day of Rosh Hashanah remained prohibited on the second day. Because the prohibition on the egg was a law passed by an assembly of sages, and any law passed by ballot requires another ballot to repeal it. Rush explains that an assembly of sages must formally rescind the enactment even though its rationale no longer exists. Rav Yosef brings three proofs for this principle. The first one based on the Pasuk when Akash Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai, Leich imor lehem lehem lehem. Go say to them, return to your tents. The more explains that earlier Moshe Rabbeinu had told the Yidden, Be prepared for, after three days, do not come close to a woman. Why then was there a need for an explicit directive after the revelation to permit the resumption of relations? We see from here that Rashi on Dav explains that since the Kosh Baruch Hu authored the prohibition against marital relations, the prohibition remained in force even though its usefulness elapsed until Kosh Baruch Hu himself rescinded it. So too, if a prohibition was enacted by an assembly of sages, an assembly of sages is needed to repeal it. And point number three, Rav Yosef's third source for Kol Davr was from a Takana that required all camera vibe, produce of the fourth year, that was within a day's travel to Yushalayim to be brought up to Yushalayim and not be redeemed on money. We'll explain that the reason was to adorn the markets of Yushalayim with fruit. A brace was brought that relates when Rabbi Leezer wanted to be Mafgir's produce for the poor. Because it was too difficult for him to take them to Yushalayim, his Talmudim told that the decree had been rescinded. The Gemara explains that Rav Yosef brought this third proof to demonstrate that even though the enactment to bring the camera of produce to Yushalayim was from the Rabbanan, and not like the first two, which were derises enacted by Kosh Baruch Hu, it still required base then to rescind the Takana. So once again, the three points are number one. And Abdalad Amin Beis Rav ruled that an egg laid on the first day of Yantiv is mutter on the second day of Yantiv, since the two days are not considered Kedusha Achas, one long period of holiness. Regarding the two days of Rosh Hashanah, Rav and Shmuel ruled, Nol de Bezeh Asur Bezeh, an egg laid on the first day of Yantiv is prohibited on the second day of Yantiv. Rashi explains that these two days were certainly established as one long Yantiv, as the second day of Yantiv was not originally observed on account of doubt. A mission relates that originally Edus Chodesh, testimony for the new moon, was accepted the entire day. Once the witnesses were delayed in coming, and assuming that no witnesses would come that day, 
the Levim aired in the daily shear. Because of this, the sages enacted the basin would only accept witnesses until the afternoon Tamid was offered. And if witnesses came afterward, they would keep that day and the following day Kodesh. We see that a continuous two-day Rosh Hashanah was decreed when witnesses arrived after the afternoon Tamid. Rabbi said that after the base of Migdash was destroyed, when Ryochan ben Zakkai enacted that Basin would accept witnesses for Edus of Chosh the entire day, an egg laid on the first day of Rosh Hashanah became permitted on the second day. Rashi explains that now, since the second day was kept only out of doubt, the two days of Rosh Hashanah were treated like other Yom Tovim, and the egg was permitted because one of the days was actually whole. Pointing to Rav Yosef disputed Rabbi's ruling has said that even from the time of Rav Yochum and Zakkai's Takana and onward, when they accepted witnesses the entire day of Rosh Hashanah, an egg laid on the first day of Rosh Hashanah remained prohibited on the second day. Because the prohibition on the egg was a law passed by an assembly of sages, and any law passed by a ballot requires another ballot to repeal it. Rashi explains that an assembly of sages must formally rescind the enactment even though its rationale no longer exists. Rav Yosef brings three proofs for this principle. The first one based on the Pasuk, when the Kosh Baruch told Moshe Ben Har Sinai, Lech emor lehem, shuvu lechem, lechem. Go say to them, return to your tents. The Gemara explains that earlier Moshe Ben had told the Yidin, hey, Be prepared for after three days, do not come close to a woman. Now why then was there a need for an explicit directive after the revelation to permit the resumption of relations? We see from here that Kol Rashi on Daf Hayam and Base explains that since the Kodesh Baruch Hu authored the prohibition against marital relations, the prohibition remained in force even though its usefulness elapsed until Kodesh Baruch Hu himself rescinded it. So too, if a prohibition was enacted by assembly of sages, an assembly of sages is needed to repeal it. And pointing with Rabbi Yosef's third source for Kodesh Baruch Minyan Sark Minyan Achir was from a Takana that required all Kerem Ravai, produce of the fourth year, that was within days traveled to Yushalayim to be brought up to Yushalayim and not be redeemed on money. Ulu explained that the reason was to adorn the markets of Yushalayim with fruit. A rice was brought that relates that when Rebbe Leezer wanted to be Mafkir's produce for the poor, because it was too difficult for him to take them to Yushalayim, his Talmidim told him that the decree had been rescinded. The Gemara explains that Rav Yosef brought his third proof to demonstrate that even though the enactment to bring the camera of I produce to Yushalayim was from the Rabbanan, and not like the first two, which were derises enacted by Kosh Baruch Hu, it still required Basin to rescind the Takana. All right, so now we got our Simmer Daf Hay, and our standard Simmon is Hay, or Hay Stacks, or Hay Rides. So here goes. The two witnesses on their way to give Adas a Chodesh were delayed when they got stuck in a procession of Hay Rides carrying families back from their trip to a mountain, as well as by hordes of locals carrying their Karim Ravai up to Shalayim. Once again, it's the motion. The two witnesses on their way to give Edus a Chodesh were delayed when they got stuck in a procession of hayrides. Hayrides? That must be on Duff. Hey! The two witnesses on their way to give Edus a Chodesh were delayed, which reminds us that on Duff Daladam Bey's Rav ruled that an egg laid on the first day of Yantiv is mutter on the second day of Yantiv, since the two days are not considered Kedusha Achas, one long period of holiness. Regarding the two days of Rosh Hashanah, Rav and Shmuel ruled, Nolda Bezeh Asur Bezeh, an egg laid on the first day of Yantiv is prohibited on the second day of Yantiv. Rashi explains that these two days were certainly established as one long Yantiv, as the second day of Yantiv was not originally observed on account of doubt. Rather, a continuous two-day Rosh Hashanah was decreed when witnesses arrived after the afternoon Tamid. Rabbi said that after the base of English was destroyed, when Rabbi Yochum and Zakkai enacted the basin would accept witnesses for Edus HaKodesh the entire day, and egg laid on the first day of Rosh Hashanah became permitted on the second day. Rashi explains that since the second day was now only kept out of doubt, 
The two days of Rosh Hashanah were treated like other Yom Tovim, and the egg was permitted because one of the days was actually whole. So the two witnesses on their way to give Edus HaKodesh were delayed when they got stuck in a possession of hayrides, carrying families back from their trip to a mountain. Which reminds us, Rabbi Yosef disputed Rabbi's ruling and said even from the time of Yochum and Zakai Stakan and onward, when they accepted witnesses the entire day of Rosh Hashanah, an egg laid on the first day of Rosh Hashanah remains prohibited. On the second day, because the prohibition on the egg was a law passed by an assembly of sages, and any law passed by a ballot requires another ballot to repeal it. Rashi explains that an assembly of sages must formally rescind the enactment, even though its rationale no longer exists. Rabbi Yosef brings three proofs for this principle, the first one based on the Pasuk, when Hashem told Moshe Bein at Arsinai to tell B'nai Israel to return to their tents, when earlier, before the revelation, B'nai Israel were told to separate from their wives. So the two witnesses on their way to give Eidus HaKodesh were delayed when they got stuck in a procession of hayrides carrying families back from their trip to a mountain, as well as by hordes of locals carrying their camera of eye up to Yerushalayim. Which reminds us, Rav Yosef's third source for Kol Dabashib B'minyan Sarak Minyan Achero was from a Tekana that required all camera of eye, produced in the fourth year that was within a day's travel to Yerushalayim, to be brought up to Yerushalayim and not be redeemed on money. We will explain that the reason was La'atir Shuk Yerushalayim Beperos, to adorn the markets of Yerushalayim with fruit. Bryce was brought that relates that when Rabbi Eliezer wanted to be Mafkir's produce for the poor because it was too difficult for him to take them to Yushalayim, his Talmud told him that the decree had been rescinded. And the Gemara explains that Rabbi Yosef brought this third proof to demonstrate that even though the enactment to bring the Kam Ravai produce to Yushalayim was from the Rabbanan, and not like the first two which were Darais' enacted by Kodesh Baruch Hu, it still required Basin to rescind the Takana. So once again, the two witnesses on their way to give Edus HaKodesh were delayed when they got stuck in a procession of hayrides carrying families back from their trip to a mountain, as well as by hordes of locals carrying their camera of eye up to Yerushalayim. All right, now it's time for a four-blah back Chazara. Daphnun Vav. So the simmer Daphnun Vav is the Shusher and Shul going, Nu, 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 nu. So here goes. The Shusher and the Sukkah Shusher. That must be on Daph Nun Vav. Nu, nu. The Shusher and the Sukkah shushed everyone down so they could hear the Shechianu before the Reisha Basukah, which reminds us of the Mahomes regarding which takes precedence, the Baruch and the Sukkah, or the Shechian Rav says that one recites the Reisha Basukah because he holds Chiyuvah Diyom Adif. The obligation of the day takes precedence. Whereas Rabbi Baruchana said that one recites the Shechianu first because he holds Tadir Sheinu Tadir, Tadir Kodim, when that which is frequent conflicts with that which is not frequent, that which is frequent takes precedence. The more attempts to connect this Mahomes to the Mahomes being Beisham Beisilel regarding which comes first when reciting Kiddush on Shabbos, the Baruch on the one and the Baruch on the day, but concludes that they're not necessarily the same Mahlokas. So the Shusher and the Sukkah shushed everyone down so they could hear the Shechianu before the Reisha Basukah and insisted on getting one extra roll for closing the Sukkah door, which reminds us the final mission of the sect that brings Mahlokas regarding the division on the Lechem Panim the rest of the year. The Tanakhama holds that the incoming Mishmar and the outgoing Mishmar split the Lechem Panim equally, with each one receiving six loaves. Rabbi Yudah holds that the incoming Mishmar receives seven loaves, and the outgoing Mishmar receives five loaves. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the two loaves are granted as Schar Hagafas Dlasos, as compensation for the closing of the temple gates in the evening, meaning that those who open the gates in the morning should have had the duty to complete the job and close them at night, since the incoming Mishmar is doing the work of the outgoing Mishmar, it behooves the outgoing Mishmar to give one of their loaves in payment. So the Shusher and the Sukkah who shushed everyone down so they could hear the Shechianu before the Leshe Basukah and insisted on getting one extra roll for closing the Sukkah door was horrified when his little son told all the guests that people should stand in the presence of a Shusher. 
Which reminds us, two reasons are given as to why the Mishmar of Bilga was penalized in that it always divided the Lechem Padim in the south. Its specific ring that was used to shech the carbon during its watch was sealed, so they had to use another Mishmar's ring, and a specific alcove to deposit the knives was sealed. It was either due to an incident involving Miriam Bas Bilga, a daughter of one of its members who became an apostate, or it was because the Mishmar was tardy in coming to the base of Migdash when it was their week to serve. The Gemara asks on the first reason, if it's fair that the entire family be penalized, over one daughter's action, and by answers that it is, as people say, The utterances of a child in public express the views of either his father or mother, when the more persists, and that's why the whole Mishmar should be penalized, by answers, Woe to the wicked one, and woe to his neighbor. The more concludes, conversely, It will be good for the tzaddik, and good for his neighbor. So the simmer base is a house. So here it goes. The kids were jumping for joy all over the house. House, that must be on Daf Bays. The kids were jumping for joy all over the house when they discovered that their hen laid an egg on Yanta, which reminds the opening mission of the Sech the States, Concerning egg that was laid in Yanta, say, it may be on Yanta, and Beisil say, it may not be eaten. The Gemara asks, what type of hen are we dealing with? Rav Nachman said that the mission refers to a hen that was Omer Tzolgado Beitzim, that was designated to produce eggs, and the one who subscribes to a broad application of the laws of Muxa, referring to Rehuda, subscribes to also the prohibition of Nolad, while the one who rejects a broad application of Muxa laws, referring to Rabbi Shimon, also rejects the prohibition of Nolad. Beishamai permit one to eat the egg because they hold like Rabbi Shimon, who does not hold of Nolad, whereas Beishilah forbid it because they hold like Rabbi Yehuda, who does hold of Nolad. So the kids were jumping for joy all over the house when they discovered that their hen laid an egg on Yantiv were dismayed when they were told by an anonymous rabbi who was more machmir on Yantiv, which reminds the Gemara asks why Rebbe who formulated the Stam Mishnais formulated those in Shabbos more leniently like Rebbe Shimon whereas those regarding Yantiv he formulated according to the more stringent view of Rebbe Huda. The Gemara answers regarding Shabbos whose laws are more restrictive and so people will not come to treat us disrespectfully. Rebbe formulated a Stam Mishnah according to Rebbe Shimon who is more lenient. However, regarding Yantiv whose laws are somewhat more liberal and so people will come to treat disrespectfully. Rebbe formulated a Stam Mishnah according to Rebbe Yehuda who is more stringent. So the kids who were jumping for joy all over the house when they discovered that their hen laid an egg on Yantiv were dismayed when they were told by an anonymous rabbi who was more machmir on Yantiv that it was forbidden to eat since it had been prepared the day before on Shabbos. Which reminds us, Rabbi's explanation of the Mishnah is that we're actually dealing with a Tarnagos or Medesachila, a hen that was designated for consumption and is therefore not muksa. And we're discussing a case of an egg that was laid on Yantiv that fell after Shabbos. And Basil prohibits its consumption, Mishum Hachana, because of the principle of preparation. For Rabbi holds that any egg laid today became fully formed inside the hen yesterday. And Rabbi follows his own reasoning, for he said that which is written by Yabi Yomashishi Be'echinu Asher Yaviyu, and it will be on the sixth day that they shall prepare the man which they bring, which teaches us that a weekday prepares for Shabbos and a weekday prepares for Yantav, but Yantav cannot prepare for Shabbos, nor can Shabbos prepare for Yantav. Basil therefore prohibit an egg laid on Yantav since his preparation occurred on Shabbos. Daf Gimel, so the similar Daf Gimel is a Gamal, a camel. So here it goes. The camel rider, camel rider, that must be run Daf Gimel, Gamal. The camel rider trying to dodge fruit falling from a tree and stepping in puddles of flowing juice, which reminds the Gemara brings two more explanations to the Mishnah on why an egg on Yantiv is prohibited. Rav Yosef said, Gezer Mishum Peres Anoshin is a Gezer because it resembles fruit that falls from a tree on Yantiv, which is prohibited by a decree lest one actually climb a tree and pick a fruit. And Rabbi Yitzchak said, Gezer Mishum Mashkin Shazavu. The egg on Yantiv is prohibited because it resembles juice that flowed on Yantiv, which is prohibited because it might lead one to actually squeeze the fruits on Yantiv and transgress the Malach of Dash, threshing. 
So the camel rider trying to dodge fruit falling from a tree and stepping in puddles of flowing juice suddenly knows an egg on the road labeled half food, half fruit. Which reminds us, Gmaras, why Rav Yosef didn't explain the Mishnah? Like Rabbi Yitzhak in answers, the Rav Yosef would say, an egg is food and fruits are food, in contrast to juice, which is not a food but a liquid. Gmaras, why Rabbi Yitzhak did not explain the Mishnah? Like Rav Yosef in answers, the Rav Yitzhak would say, an egg is absorbed in the hen and issues forth, and juice is absorbed in its peel and issues forth, in contrast to fruits, which are already exposed even before they become detached from their place of growth. So, the camel rider trying to dodge fruit falling from a tree and stepping in puddles of flowing juice suddenly noticed an egg on the road labeled half food, half fruit, and was a suffolk whether it had been laid on Yantiv. Which reminds the Gemara, why is an egg that was a suffolk whether it was laid on Yantiv usher according to Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Yitzhak? Why should the suffolk be usher since Kol Suffolk the Rabban Lakula? Every suffolk the Rabban is Lakula. After considerable analysis, the Gemara brings Ravashi and Davdalad Amadal, who explains that the egg is forbidden because it's a Davashi Matirin, an item that will become permitted, meaning after Yantiv, but called Davashi Matirin, Afilbadur Rabban Lobatil. And any item that will become permitted, even if it's now prohibited in the Rabbanan, cannot become nullified in a mixture. Rush explains that just as we're Machmir in a mixture, we're also Machmir in a case of a suffolk. So the simmer daf dalad is a door. So here goes. The hen hanging out by the door. Door? That must be one daf dalad. The hen hanging out by the door with its egg, waiting to see if it was going to be eaten at the meal, which reminds us it was taught in Brisa, Chem saying the name of Eliezer, an egg that was laid in Yantav may be eaten both it and its mother hen. Rabbi Zerah says that the Brisa means that the egg may be eaten on account of its mother, which Rashi explains to mean that if the hen is eaten, then the egg may be eaten. Abaya clarified that the case is when one purchased the hen before Yantav for no divine purpose. If he shacked it on Yantav, then the hen has been determined to have been designated for consumption, and the egg is permitted. If it was not shechted, then it's been determined that it was designated to produce eggs, and so the hen and the egg are muksa. So the hen hanging out by the door with its egg, waiting to see if it was going to be eaten at the meal, was startled when a tree branch fell into the oven, which reminds us, Rav Masna said, if branches fell from a palm tree directly into an oven in Yantav, one may add onto them other wood that had been prepared for kindling and may burn them. Gabon explains that since the majority of the wood is not muksa, when he moves the wood around, he's moving only permitted wood. Rush explains that the muksa is batal barov, it's nullified in the majority. When the Gemara further questions why this is permissible, given the rule that aim mevatkin isla we do not deliberately nullify a prohibited item, it answers that this rule only applies to the rices, not to the abundance. And being the wood is being burned up in the fire, it's also not a problem of davershiyashul material. So the hen hanging out by the door with its egg, waiting to see if it was going to be eaten at the meal, was startled when a tree branch fell into the oven. Where food was cooking for the family, we made sure to observe Yom Tov Sheni with a festive meal. Which reminds the Gemara, why we observe two days of Yom Tov and Gaz. Now that we know when Rosh Chodesh is established, referring to the knowledge that was gleaned from the fixed calendar introduced by Hillel, the final Nasi, the end of the Amoraic era. The Gemara answers, it's because of the following message that was sent from Eretz Yisrael to Bavo. Be careful to perpetuate the custom of your fathers that's in your hands and continue to observe two days of Yom Tov. For some day, the Gentile government may issue a decree forbidding limitatorium because you'll subsequently forget the intricacies of calculating Rosh Chodesh, you'll come to air. Rashi explains that mistakes and calculations could ultimately lead to eating chametz on Pesach. All right, so that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Goldman Zikr wishing a great day and great learning.